Hi, my name is Marcy Trent Long. Welcome to Sustainable Asia. This is the Plasticity Podcast, made in collaboration with Ocean Recovery Alliance. Here in Asia, there's a high density of people living along coastlines, so we really notice plastic waste. It's either wrapping around our ankles at the beach or floating by as we swim in the ocean. It seems inescapable, especially over the past few years. In our last podcast series, 8 Million, we walked through why so much plastic is leaking into the ocean. In this podcast series, can we increase the amount of reused and recycled plastic to help stem the tide of plastic going into the ocean in Asia? Well, we're in the middle of a transition, and this transition is only becoming more and more urgent, and we all need to move faster um, towards circular economy. So, um, you know, whatever we can do to accelerate our progress in this space, that's what we want to do. Ellen Jakowski, Global Head of Sustainability Strategy and Innovation at Hewlett Packard HP. And the idea is that the plastic um, that we create for our products gets reused over and over again. It's part of HP's commitment to a circular economy and a low carbon economy to reuse the materials we already have instead of using new materials. Currently, only 10 to 12% of global plastic waste is reused or recycled. By comparison, Singapore and Taiwan recycle more than half of their plastic waste. So we know it's possible to move from a linear economy of produce, consume, and discard to a circular economy to reuse and recycle our waste. We've been able to work down all the way to the first mile of our supply chain to understand what's happening at the collector level. Last year, countries from the European Union and some G7 countries agreed to a new ocean plastics charter, drawing a line in the sand on the issue of plastic waste. A few months later, companies representing 20% of the world's plastic packaging signed similar pledges. Signatories to the Ocean Plastic Charter pledged to recycle and reuse at least 55% of plastic packaging by 2030. It also commits them to increase the amount of recycled plastic content in their packaging by 50%. Here's Ben Jordan, Senior Director for Environmental Policy at Coca-Cola. The Ocean Plastics Charter is one of a number of multi-stakeholder type engagements that we've made over the last couple of years to really demonstrate our commitment to this effort around the global packaging problem and issues of plastic waste. According to McKinsey and Company, if demand for plastics continues to grow at its current rate, global plastic waste would almost double by 2030. To achieve a 50% recovery rate of plastics, as per these new pledge agreements, capital investment of 15 to 20 billion per year would be required. That represents only one-fifth of what the plastic industry currently invests each year on average to produce new plastic. I think we're, we're at a pivotal time in this, with this issue and where everyone seems to believe and understand um, the challenges and the, the dynamics around packaging waste and plastics in particular. You know, again, we're one of a number of, of big global brands that have set you know, bold targets in this area, but our, you know, our full supply chain has, has come on board with our strategy, 
you know, it's, it's pretty clear that we need to work together on solutions to these issues. Doug Woodring, who has dedicated himself to fighting marine plastic pollution through his NGO Ocean Recovery Alliance, agrees. Doug thought that getting everyone involved in the supply chain together in one room to talk about plastic recycling was the best solution. So he created Plasticity. At this event, we have big brands, we have small entrepreneurs, we have people who represent NGOs and in the formal sector all of the pieces of the puzzle. Think of a plastic as a giant puzzle that needs to be put together and curated. And at this event, we have all of these different discussions in the same room so that people can start to realize, oh, I need to align with them, I could work with them on this piece, I need that solution and I can sell it to that big brand. And I'm already seeing just in the talks this morning where these matches are already gonna be being made and that's the beauty of this event. At Plasticity Malaysia, I got an idea of the size and complexity of this industry. There are literally hundreds of cogs in the wheel that need to be put in place in order for the plastic circular economy to keep moving. But Doug reminded me of something still missing. Without the demand and the pull for a new market for recycled content, the recyclers cannot sell into the market. So consumers should be asking for it. They should look at their brands and say, hey, is this made with any post-consumer recycled content, we, we want that. And hopefully that will be a, a driving factor monetarily that can get brands and designers really moving a lot faster. So consumers play a very, very important role in the recycling industry because it begins with them. Ashwin Subramaniam is the founder of Gone Adventurin, a business consultancy focused on driving the circular economy in Asia. He explained how consumers can make a difference. One is they can demand the government to put in place uh, good waste segregation systems. So this means that every house should ideally have at least two bins where you put your general waste and your recyclables. Um, the other thing that they can do is to ensure that uh, they don't um, contaminate these bins. Right? So I think um, we need to really play our part in also ensuring that we follow the instructions uh, and at least separate the waste and also demand more of the, the industry, the, the consumer goods companies, the, the plastic producers, uh, to take responsibility in terms of owning up the packaging that they're putting up into the market and that they demand that this is recyclable. We can't create products from recycled material if that recycled material is not available. So what's holding us back? You've got to have old bottles right, collected to be able to turn them into new bottles. Right? So the key challenge is around supply of old packaging, right? collect enough to turn it into new packaging. That was Ben Jordan from Coca-Cola again. It's not only the brands that are frustrated by the lack of recycled plastic available, there are others along the supply chain that feel it too. Today, the major challenge is non-availability of raw material. Harsha Reddy is the global head of sustainability at Indorama Ventures, a company based in Thailand that manufactures and recycles plastic. That raw material Harsha's talking about is post-consumer plastic, meaning the single-use disposable plastic that we use once and then discard. And even if the raw material that is available, it is in a more uh, dirty or not in a clean manner. So to clean that itself, it is consuming a lot of uh, water, a lot of energy. 
so that itself is making the process more difficult. From what industry insiders tell me, processed plastic waste in China and India is low quality and not usable for food and beverage containers. So that really puts a dent in a company's pledge to use 50% recycled plastic content in their beverage bottles. Taiwan, on the other hand, has a plastic recycling rate over 50%, and their plastic waste is clean enough to reuse and recycle into food and beverage packaging. We have to remember that recyclability has two aspects. There's technical recyclability. Can I recycle the package somewhere in the world? And then the second piece is, can I recycle it in my place? Can I recycle it everywhere? So sometimes it's that infrastructure challenge, that local infrastructure piece that, that is the more challenging piece. Infrastructure. The physical and social infrastructure of cleaning, sorting, and collecting plastic waste needs to be put in place. With the help of consumers, governments, and now corporate brands that use plastic packaging, I think we've found a good starting point to explore the changes that need to happen to encourage plastic recycling here in Asia. So that's where we'll begin in episode two of the Plasticity Podcast. Special thanks to our sponsors, the Swire Group Charitable Trust, creating positive change in education, marine, and arts through supporting registered nonprofit organizations, primarily in Hong Kong and mainland China. And to the RS Group, investing in the future we want to create. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the Sustainable Asia podcast and please give us a rating. Show notes are posted on our website, sustainableasia.co. The Plasticity Podcast is produced by Sustainable Asia in collaboration with Ocean Recovery Alliance. The series was created by me, Marcy Trent Long, written, edited, and mixed by Sam Beckemans. The music in the episode is made from repurposed and recovered waste items by Alexander Mobison. Learn more about his music at kalelover.net.